Again, now the one thing I do want to say, and it ties into what you said earlier, Greg, about why we went in there. We went in there in 2001 because of 9-11, and we went in there because we were going to stop Al-Qaeda and we were going to get Osama bin Laden. We got Osama bin Laden in 2011, so that's 10 years ago. We got him, and Mm -hmm. that should have been the end of the mission. And that's when we turned into nation state building, whatever you wanted to call it. But I think it's more, we were going to be in a supportive state. We never really said out loud, we're going to build a state because we couldn't. So we said, we're going to help them build a government and an army. We were helping them build a government and an army. This thinking that is prevailing in the media is that they were helping us do something in the last 10 years. That's not the case. It's the other way around. We were helping them build a government and an army. Now I am perfectly in favor of bringing as many people over that are qualified and capable and want to, and have been supportive of the American government. But this notion that, oh, they are helping, we're leaving the, our friends and who've helped us and now we're going to leave them behind is not actually the case. They're our friends, but we were there supporting them. The mission is not the other way around. And it's not necessarily our responsibility, although it's interesting that America feels it is, to go and bring these people out of their country and bring them to the United States. It's quite weird actually I to do that <laughs> it's quite weird i know, I know you, but, I, but it's I quite disagree. a weird thing to do yeah, because i'll tell you one other thing the um but i hear you american I mean, need, afghanistan needs its young people it needs its young liberal professional people to build itself and these people are them the people that helped america are the young progressive professional people and we're about to take out that whole class of people and bring them to the united states which maybe is good for america maybe we need the immigration we probably need it for the numbers but it is also detrimental to the United States because we want to keep a toehold in that part of the world. And those are the people that are loyal to us. And the Taliban is not actually going to do anything with them because they need them. They're not going to do anything bad to these guys. They said they're not. And I, you have to take the, the, I don't believe that they will. It's not in their interest to do it. It's not in their interest. Oh, Uh, you sound like the major general who trusted them in, uh, in 1843. It's it's okay to say, but they also look, they know their government. They know what, how it collapsed. They understand the corruption over there. They know that the incoming government that has the money's coming from the money's coming. They know, they know. So, so I'm trusting these folks to understand and know that they need to get the fuck out of there. I don't think there's going to be any anything. This is going to become an extremist state. I hope that there's that we did do some with there, but we did it because these folks, it, yes, we were there helping them. And you know what? They were helping us help them. So it, it, it was a joint effort. They, we were partners in it. And our partners don't want to be there without us. And I'm all for bringing every single one of them here. I am. I want them here. I don't want them there. I don't want them there. I'm sorry. I feel terrible. There's lots of people in the world that that should be here. Let me finish. Let me finish. I feel terrible. Yes, but but we have an obligation. I don't. We do. I'm vehement about this. I don't blame them for not staying there because the joint mission that they were involved in with us failed. I, we bring them with us. We get out, they get out. We tried to do something together. It didn't work because of the corruption. Again, if we had just gone for the corruption from day one, instead of going in as a mil- in a military stance, as if it was a, on war footing, instead gone and attacked the corruption. Um, the corruption is always going to win, guys. It's always 
going we were to win. To large especially, extent. hang on. No. Especially when you're talking so. about the heart of the smuggling empire of the world. Mm -hmm. That's what Afghanistan is. It's the beating fucking heart of smuggling. So if they can't, if the people of Afghanistan can't free themselves from that, and I don't know that they ever will, or the world can't respond in such a way to where it doesn't have to be a dark network of syndicates running that place and flooding that place with the kind of money that comes out of the smuggling, the heart of smuggling, the heart of the underworld, the kind of money that's, you, it, it, it looks like this poor little nation, when you get into the underworld, holy shit, there's a ton of money that these syndicates are making and controlling. So uh, we tried, we had partners in that attempt and uh, it, it failed because we didn't do enough about the corruption. We just didn't. Well, we and weren't so, corruption. I mean, this this is is what there's no way you can look at the situation in Afghanistan and say that uh, the United States did not set up we a we corrupt work, system. We thought we could work with, I don't know, I, I we disagree. Did, we we thought we could work with ground. it instead of attacking it. You can't leave, you can't leave certain, you can't leave certain, if you think of it like a machine, right? Like an engine. So you can't, uh, the whole engine had to get ripped out of the car and a new engine put in. You can't just replace parts of the engine and try to work on parts and tinker it if the engine itself is the wrong engine or is a corrupt engine. You can't. But we, so, you know, it's, if you're trying to hang on, not go in there trying to build an engine. Money, Dick Cheney went in there to no, no, make no, no, as much no, money for Halle Burton as he could. We want to talk about Cheney. That's a different conversation. But that is I'm a conversation. Well, That's why we went Barack in there. Obama was in there for eight years and he did the surge there. So that happened under the Obama administration. You can't keep funneling resources into a corrupt engine. It's like, I'm going to keep putting gas in this tank, right? That's going to go to an engine that's just going to siphon all the gas off <laughs> to these, these fucketeers over here. You have to rip that out. We didn't do that. I don't know that it's even possible to do that. Just to take my metaphor, which is Three trillion dollars. Three trillion dollars. Yes, we did. And we spent it on credit. It went into the hands of, it went into people's pockets. Right. Do you, do you think that Afghanistan had three trillion dollars went, before just flowing in there? They, no, they got the three trillion it, dollars that America into, gave them. They were happy to have it. Some of it went into infrastructure. Some yeah. of it went into building, but a lot of it went into people's pockets. And those people's pockets it went into, guess where they went? They fucking hightailed it out of there as soon as they, as soon as the writing was on the wall. And the writing was on their wall before we even had a whiff of it, before we even knew what the what the mechanics of this whole thing were gonna were gonna be. So, and we by we American public. Us, Look, I applaud right? everyone so who wants to say let's bring these people event, here. But. but but it's not necessary. It, it's under, yes, it I understand is. why, but it's not necessary right now. I th I think. Yes, it and is. it's also not necessarily a good thing in the long term. It's not necessarily a good thing for the people of Afghanistan not to have all these people there, but also for America not to have its loyal friends in those positions of power inside Afghanistan, which I think they would have anyhow. We're out of Afghanistan. We're done. Right, I and know, so, but we want to still have a toehold so, there. So our friends, our loyal friends, paying. who know what life is going to be there with those thugs, said, "We, you cannot leave us here in this, and we have an obligation to get them out of there." I, I just, don't agree. I just feel but that's what that's what we have obligated ourselves. But I disagree. <laughs> Greg, you've been quiet. Go for it. When I'm listening to the thing, Zev, to some degree, I agree with part of what you said, because I do think that this Taliban is different than the Taliban of 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I think they must be, it's a different generation. They must be slightly savvier about mm -hmm. wanting to survive and not have us go there and just destroy them. And maybe they're willing to do certain concessions. But 20 years ago, the Taliban took all their women, basically put them in a, in a cloth coffin 
and didn't let them do anything. They weren't allowed to talk to anybody. They were barely allowed to leave the house. They weren't allowed to laugh. They weren't allowed to talk to men at all of any kind, whether they were doctors or lawyers or anything. It was a terrible existence. There's nothing there. Nothing's going to, we're not going to suddenly see democracy grow in Afghanistan. It's no. not likely to be the center of some great renaissance because it's a tribal thing. And again, we have literally almost 3,000 years of history suggesting that it's not possible. So it's a country that is very good at repulsing the colonial powers. It's not a very good country at creating something within and sustaining it and moving outwards. So certainly in the short term, anybody that helped us got to be get out of there. Also, by the way, I don't care. I want anybody with talent in Afghanistan here. I wish we put everybody in Wyoming and South Dakota in these states where we need democratic <laughs> votes. Let's get some Afghani, new Afghani Americans in the goddamn Senate, I say. Do I have to do the thinking for everybody? Also, Joe Biden is the president. He honors treaties. He honors contracts and obligations right. of the United States government that the United States government made, even if it was done even if he doesn't personally agree with it because he feels like it's the right thing to do. I give Biden, him, go he's going to bring the, he, he, whatever we argue here, Biden's bringing him here. That's what's happening. I don't think, I think, that, that, I think he's shifting a little but, bit. And I think that there's good reason I, for his shift. I'm trying to say that, that I think there is a bit of a pullback on his commitment and I think it's okay. But go no, ahead. No, hang on. Let, I got to say this. Say this is, I don't feel like this plane is landing here. Yeah. The situation that was handed to him was very binary. He was either going to pull out of that agreement, as Greg says, we honor our agreements, but it's, it's worse than that. If he had pulled out of that agreement, if he didn't honor that agreement that, that Pompeo and Trump crafted, which was a trap, if he didn't honor that agreement, we would have still been in the mission of war. Mm -hmm. So he, we now know that they knew that, these, that these, we were going to be attacked in a massive way, that this ISIS-K was coming. And so... Then we would have been engaged because Afghanistan was quiet for a while. It was about to erupt. It was about to erupt. That is what the president told us that the intelligence was. They knew this kind of attack was coming. So if he hadn't shifted the mission to ending, to keeping it on this war, ending the war and getting out of there, if he had reversed out of that treaty, he would have been at, we would have still been in active war there and we would have had to respond to that attack with our armed forces, mm -hmm. not in a specified way. That is what I'm trying to say here, you guys. They knew this attack was coming. They didn't know when, yep. they didn't know how many, they didn't, right? But they knew that it was imminent. And so he, he goes back on that, he goes back on that the agreement with the Taliban. Guess what? We're, we would have to then, okay, send the troops in, up the mission, go route them out. It would have been our soldiers doing this in these missions, not like a seek and destroy special forces thing. It would have been. There's no doubt like, the Taliban guys, was surging on. and they were going to create a difficult yes, situation for America. Not the, Taliban, the Taliban were, this, this is the reason why this, this is happening is because the Taliban was surging and there was clearly, they were going to take over. They're going to have enter into a very hot war with America. And that's why America whether right or wrong decided to move out and then the isis thing it, it was a, it's a different event in that it gave them we knew that this was we, knew we was would then have to respond yes yeah. do you know what i think that do you know what i think that happened i think it happened because of putin i think last week on friday putin and the kremlin said that they were fully in support of the taliban and they were going to mm. usher in a whole new era of responsibility to the region and how safe and secure everything was going to be 
but by Wednesday, they had changed their tune. They early in the morning, at least, they decided to pull all the Russians out in an emergency airlift. And this was an hour and a half or two hours before the actual terror attack. When you looked at what is happening in on the television in in Russia, Julie Davis had a, a great couple of tweets, yeah. excited almost they were about what was about to happen. Even a banner saying Working. the attack was coming in 60 minutes. It seems to me that the that a lot happened between Friday and Wednesday to change Putin's point of view on the Taliban. And I think that what happened was was Burns, William Burns going to the CIA director meeting with the Taliban, because that happened, I can't remember the dates and I don't get them all wrong, but in between all of that, America made a deal with the Taliban. That's what that meeting was about. They had made some sort of deal. And that deal, I think, pissed Putin off because I think it probably cut him out. And that's why I think we had a terror attack on the American uh, airport just there by ISIS, which he happens to use occasionally for. It's an interesting theory. It's yeah. an interesting theory. Yeah. It's a good yeah. It's a good thread Seth, yeah. that you had. I yes. think everybody should go yeah. check it out. So uh, we could talk about a lot of things more about this. But then... uh, just one, one more thing real quick before yeah. we move on from Afghanistan, before we're airlifted yeah. out of the Afghanistan part yeah. of, of, of oh, the- Oh, uh, get of us the... out of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a couple of things. Historically, <laughs> Islam, as a religion is a wonderful religion. It's a religion of peace, as they say. Okay. When Europe was in the dark ages, which if you read about the shit that, that the white Europeans were doing in the dark ages, it's mind boggling. That it's MAGA level dumb. Okay. It was the golden age of Islam. They welcomed everybody in. They had a diverse society. There was great learning. There was inventions. There was mathematics. There was all this stuff that was happening. And in any society, once people start getting inward and not trusting outsiders, the society turns to shit. It always happens. Mm -hmm. So what the Taliban wants, this quote-unquote Sharia law thing, is contrary to what they think. It's not at the heart of what Islam is supposed to be about. It's a perversion of it in the same way some of this weird right-wing shit here is a perversion of Christianity. And it's just fucking wrong. So mm -hmm. I, I want to say that because... I've been thinking about 9-11 a lot lately, and the only good thing that George Bush did in eight years was making damn sure that people knew not to blame Muslims everywhere for 9-11 and, yeah. and articulating you know, the differences between actual Muslims that are in the mainstream and this wackadoodle sect called the Taliban and the Al-Qaeda people who are responsible. And I, want to, I just wanted to make that point. Because Thank I you. think it's important. We we're going to take a break. Hey. When we return, hey. we're going to talk about we got to talk two about breaks? Uh, oh my two God. breaks every show, man. We gotta, gotta my drink is all done, Zach. You're expensive. Wrap it up. Yeah, we're going to take a I break and then we're going to talk about the uh, vaccines and uh, horsey things. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Hey, friends, thanks for supporting Narrative. We really appreciate it. We also appreciate our sponsors. And tonight's show is brought to you by Policy Genius. There is no better time than now to apply for life insurance. Each year you postpone getting life insurance can bring higher rates. But comparing quotes from more than a dozen top insurers is easy with Policy Genius. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could also save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare those policies. You can rely on Policy Genius's licensed experts because they work for you, not the insurance companies. They'll guide you through every step of the insurance buying process. Policy Genius' excellent service has been endorsed by thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google. And due to their award-winning policy that does away with medical exams in favor of a phone call, you can get covered in as little as a week. 
This exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes magazine, higher than options by Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Visit policygenius.com and you'll be able to work out your coverage needs in minutes and find your best price for life insurance. And Policy Genius will take care of the paperwork and scheduling at no cost to you. They never sell your information to other companies or add extra fees or anything like that. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. And that's not the right one. That's what I'm saying. Greg, it happens. It happens. I was placed with an American flag. This is patriotic. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> I've been banished. I, you never, I've you been never lost in the airlift. Yeah. I, I, I crash landed in, in Canada. I'm a little rusty on the equipment here. Everything's like still like getting reacquainted with everything. It's a little different, oh. but it's uh, it's it's nice to see you guys. I got to say, what a nice, uh, what wow. a treat. I've been missing you. But you, someone wanted to talk about this uh, ivermectin. What did you call it? The insanity or something? I, I think I was, was it you, Greg, or was it? I wanted uh, to talk, I, I, yeah, I wanted to talk about the insanity. This is in if people have commented on my podcast who listened today, and thank you for listening. I had Kurt Anderson on, who wrote uh, fantasy. I love Kurt Anderson. That's He's amazing. one of the co-founders of Spy Magazine. He's written a bunch of things. He's just a great, really smart guy, super writer. So Fantasyland, his book, which he wrote, it dropped in September of 2017. So pre-Trump, pre-QAnon, pre-all this shit. He makes the argument that Americans, by our nature, are predisposed to believing in wacky shit. Because basically, our ancestors were, believed it when someone said, come to America, the streets are paved with gold. And then they got on the ships and they came here and they're like, that is not true. We have to cut down the streets to build our houses. Don't tell the people There's in Afghanistan no, that. You know, the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Like, what the fuck? So, and we're descended from this. And the same, it's the same gene that makes us dream the impossible dream, makes us also believe crazy horseshit. Yeah. And he said on the podcast that, hey, I was curious, why are Americans so religious? Why are Americans into these kind of sidebar yes. religions? Yeah, I don't want to misquote it, but uh, interesting religions, atypical, whatever the word is. And that's what he came up with. And he wrote this beautiful book, which is so funny and good. And I, I just buy the book. It's a wonderful book. But we're seeing it now. We're seeing the fantasy land writ large, which is where people look. I get the idea that you're like, OK, maybe this horse medicine is going to help me. Maybe vitamin D will help me. Maybe this will help me. That's fine. But people are taking this stuff as a preventative for COVID and refuse to take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I can't like that to me. I can't get it doesn't get more fucking crazy than that. It is a vaccine. It is free. It is readily available. It is designed for humans. It's now been given billions of times around the world with very little problem. Take the fucking vaccine. Do not take horse medicine. What the fuck are you doing? And the people promoting this, Zev, I the know. people promoting this, Mike Flynn's brother, that, that whole, those people are just bad, okay? And all the Fox News. Laura Ingraham for months has been trumpeting this shit, okay? Tucker Carlson, uh, Maria Rabababamaroma, whatever the fuck her name is. I actually can't say, I don't want to make fun of her yet. What? Oh, something yeah. that one of my phrases, oh no, don't uh, say that on the I, I wouldn't want to say what <laughs> you would say, you know, offline. I don't how say you that. Don't oh, use my so, vocabulary. Like, these people are evil. And they are feeding the beast, yeah. okay? And we've never had this before. We've never had a situation where our media companies are feeding the beast. Like they're literally killing us. 
Fox mm. News is literally, yeah. literally killing, us. killing us. And CNN, and you know who failed this week? Not Joe Biden. Fucking CNN failed this mm. week. They failed. fucking failed. Why do people watch these shows? I don't understand. And I don't understand no. why people watch these shows. And the fact that we're on this show and people are watching us as an alternative to that is also crazy. Because yeah. the guys who do the journalism and get paid to do the journalism should be doing the journalism. Right? When they put and, HR and McMaster on MSNBC. Trusted sources yeah. And not be told that shit insane shit. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Ronald Reagan. This is all Reagan's fault. Fuck oh, the it is his fuck, fault. Fuck, fuck, fuck that guy. Fuck him. A hundred years from now, when they make a list of presidents, he's gonna be right above Trump, right or, or right right below George W. and right above Trump. Fuck that guy. I'm Look, done. When I saw, just not to, I don't want to get away from the horse stories, but when HR McMaster was on Andrea Mitchell the other day, I lost it. I was Ugh. like, what is she doing? She is a really uh, smart reporter. She knows her way around. Who is she married DC. to, though? Yeah, like, I know who she married exactly. I don't want to analyze the people. I'm I don't want to do it either. Let's leave him alone. Oh, my God. This one's married to this one, and this one's getting money from that one, and this one is Rubenstein. This fucking shit. Just hire people who don't suck. Please, for the love of fucking God. Just do the find, news, Like, yeah. for example, an FBI director who isn't goddamn, used to work for the Russians. Can oh, we find that? That's prerequisite for the job, though. That's what you, that's what the you FBI, need. The FBI, LB, how long was know. that I fucking don't... asshole Hoover in charge of the FBI? 50 fucking years? Oh, 50 some odd years. Yeah. Only, and yeah, he fired the only two women. He came in. Let's talk about him for a second. He came in and t fired the only two women at the FBI at the time and did, made sure there wasn't a single woman there the whole time he was there. Because they wore better dresses than him. Because if you're going to be, if you're going to be corrupt, let's just yeah. complete this circle. If you're going to run a corrupt organization, I don't care if it's a, make sure that there aren't women in there keeping their eye on. I'm not saying women aren't corruptible. I'm just okay. saying it's a, a real good recipe for yeah. getting away with your shit. If we are, if anyone who's had a wife or a mother or a sister or a girlfriend, a best friend. Anyone who has another mother. Um, a I like daughter. A daughter. Yeah, some people never know their mother. But you know that we're like, what are you doing? What are you doing there? What's going on oh, there? Yeah. What's happening? What's happening? Wait a minute. Hang on. Hey, hey, hey. I see something. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's our job. You're not going to get away with anything. So you got to corrupt us, right? And a lot of women are corruptible. But there'll still be, there'll still be that. We're like, eh, what's happening there? I don't know. I don't know about that thing over there. I'm going to follow my rules. Give me the rules. I'm going to follow my rules. We like that. I bet you do have uh, strict rules to your, your household. <laughs> but that's I, good. I feel like, I, I feel no like you know, something as important as the FBI for its yeah. existence has, like, for what, 80% of the time been headed well, by someone who actively sucks and is corrupt. Yeah, he was we very bad. He was very that? bad. We Look, need I mean, to not do that. The problem is this, the system encourages corruption because people we don't the organized crime world needs corruption in order to have it needs the judges in its places and it needs the corrupt cops and it needs it, it does yeah. because otherwise it wouldn't be happening so much well, then you, you say know. everything every system would encourage it organized crime is it, okay. criminals in these networks they're very good they start, i always say you know don't underestimate the bad guy that's the worst thing you can do and where I have made really bad predictions or put my faith in the wrong places, like, oh, I really underestimated how good the bad guy was at being bad. Like, I, it's always an underestimation of their skill set, of their will, of their size, 
of their of how far ahead of the game they are that anyone else can track and see. The, to come back to Ray, the thing that it's something that Unc said that I think was really important. He said it on the first podcast I got him on, which was our friend Allison's podcast. And and I think he said this to you too, Greg. And he he's right about this. Is you know we couldn't really do deal with a, a second term of Donald Trump in terms of the corruption. I think that yep. stuff would have buckled, really would have buckled. But the the we could survive that one term. But what you had to do was just clean everybody out. Anybody he appointed has to go. It's not even a, you have to vet them. You have to be fair. It's like, no, you know what? No, there's no time for vetting. There's no time for being fair in that sense. It's like anybody he put into place that it's that in and of itself is the taint. That's the taint. And so they got to go and they got to go. Yep. And not yeah. getting and rid I of Ray is, was a massive mistake. In it my is, opinion, still it is. Was a massive he, mistake. He can, it can still be fixed. Um, we're going to go talk about that. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. get him out of there. We're going to talk about that yeah. another time because we're running out of time. And you still want to talk about bad guys oh. from your uh, the world beneath, which is yes. So what's going on in this next episode? Because you've got a little clip okay. for us. Okay, this oh, is God, the last it. narrative. This is the last narrative episode. Not of You'll hear from me of... at the very uh, storytelling of, <laughs> yes. of scripted episodes. Spell so the have... American <laughs> way, Zeb. Not this, this yeah, weird aperitif way. <laughs> So, so we're going to get to the end of season one and you guys are going to see what it's been all about and really what season one is about, because there are five seasons. What season one is about is I'm just setting the groundwork. I'm just setting all this, setting the foundation. You guys understand the foundation so that we can really soar, right? So that we don't have to re-educate. Why did that person do that? Where is this coming from? So it's really about the laundromat. It's about the money. Every, this whole thing is about if you stand in the money and you look from the money, you can see all the characters, you can see all the motivations, you can see everything that happened in the last hundred years. You really can. So we're standing in the money. Now we're coming to the end of that particular just chapter, that particular season. And it's all been driving in one towards one thing, which is the smuggling empire that we were just referencing with Afghanistan. So you can imagine where the next seasons are going to go because everything, the whole underworld, the money of the underworld, all of it comes from smuggling. And it it's episode happen. 10. It's called Buried Alive. He has yeah. a clip. What are the chances that after the removal of Paul Castellano and F.C. Agron, their executioners and successors were running separate massive heroin rings out of neighboring territories with the same supply point? Was John Gotti's source for all that heroin the Russian Mafia? Did those same smugglers behind the two hits in 1985 have other tentacles that reached into one another's realms and entwined them in an octopus's embrace? I'll leave you with some final details on those Russian criminals who were flooding us in a very specific and targeted way. Ooh, it's exciting. Oh! I'm excited. That's going to be really good. So that's available anywhere people get their their podcasts, but particularly Anywhere on... they get their podcasts. And and that's actually news right there. No one's ever connected that or, or said that, what just was said in that before. The ever. heroin smuggling Where range. John Gotti got his heroin. Oh, from the Russians. You just said it. You're breaking news, everybody. You learned, it, you learned it here. It's time for us to go. What nice uh, thing to do in the middle of our summer little break to see you guys. Final thoughts from anybody before we close? 
If not, I, I can't believe I can't believe there's five seasons of this shit that you're going to like produce out of your brain. Your brain is really amazing. I mean, it really is. <laughs> it I, is. I just it's I can't even. Trend. People are writing me one season two. I'm like, it's in your fucking brain. Like that's the thing that's amazing. It's in your right. brain. It's going to be churned out, and then it's going to be wonderful. This was. I would like to lobby for more Lucky Luciano. I, I think he should take a a bigger <laughs> part. I think. You, know, you? you get the last word. Greg is lucky Luciano in the series, everybody. He, he doesn't understand the, the scope of this commitment. He's There's going to be more from Greg, but... Is there a lucky uh, spinoff coming get, featuring Greg is Oliar? Lucky, is lucky? So oh my gosh. Lucky with an exclamation point. <laughs> yes. I love lucky it. the musical. I'll buy you it. Get the last, you get the last line in this season. You you close out the season. It's good. Well, uh, it's all very exciting okay. stuff. And listen, I, I guess mean, I can handle that. This was a, a really tough week for America, but there's one thing to take out of this week is that yeah. democracy is worth fighting for. And yeah. if anything, we learned that this week because we really have had to two decades of war fighting for democracy for other people, another country. We should be doing the same here in America as we continue to face all Amen. the enormous challenges we're facing yeah. in our election system. And I think we can, and I think we will as we head into another election year. We'll be back on Narrative uh, September 8th is the official launch of the season. It's on a Wednesday because there's a new Wednesday episode. And then we'll see you guys on Friday, the 10th of September. Uh, and until then, have a good weekend. Bye, guys. Bye. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.